Today, we have at the table two of the most expansive, powerful entrepreneurs I've ever known and two of my best friends. I am so grateful that they have made the time today and boy, get ready for this conversation. I was like, it chills the whole time. <laughs> Little uh, insight. We recorded this on my birthday, December 14th. So I was riding high that day. That's for sure. But this at the table is very, very special because I met both of these women in a business mastermind last year, which was held by my coach, Amy Natalie. And it was a container for six months. And boy, we expanded each other. Oh, Lordy. These women have seen me navigate my first year in business as an entrepreneur, and they are, oof, I just, <laughs> I have no words. Today's At the Table is with Scout Sobel and Whitney Eckes. Scout is the CEO of Scout's Agency, the founder of The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is a podcast and also best-selling book, get that. And she's also the co-host of the popular OK Sis podcast with her sister, Maddie. I love them. She's truly a trailblazer. Her mission is so moving and powerful. She has been uplifting women her whole life. She's all about women. She focuses on getting women on podcasts and helping them grow their brand. And she also lives with bipolar disorder and is so open with that and has moved through and transcended that journey. And now it's her purpose. It's her calling in this life to help women feel safe in their emotions and to connect with their emotions as part of their expansion and growth and as part of their abundance. That is the true feminine energy that we all hold within us. I'm so proud of Scout. She is literally... I can count on one hand the people that have expanded me the most in my life and Scout is at the very top of that list. She's somebody who has seen me and I think it reminds me that when women see other women, we are expanded beyond measure and Scout has done that for me and I'm so thankful for her. Whitney, my girl, Whitney, we're like cut from the same cloth. We got that Sagittarius, powerful energy. We're like generous, motherly leader. <laughs> Whitney you know, started her career perfecting and the practices of growing brands. And, you know, she's been in the digital space and, and just a serial entrepreneur, true entrepreneur. It's like in her blood, her father's a, a very successful entrepreneur and she just lives and breathes entrepreneurship. And she's also here to expand other entrepreneurs and, and really help anyone really step into the power of being an entrepreneur if that is their path in life. She actually became the founder and CEO of her digital agency at 22 years old. Her agency is called Ekis Marketing. It's a creative communications agency that's based out of San Diego here. Under her leadership, she has elevated so many brands, particularly in the hospitality space, but really across the board. Brands like Marriott, Hilton, Red Bull, SoulCycle, Kopari, RX Bar, Kendra Scott. She elevates their business and she also is very innovative and creative. She's been featured in so many, <laughs> pub, so many publishers and media, including Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, and so much more. She is someone that has touched my heart deeply. Another woman I'm so blessed to know who has seen me so deeply. And in Whitney, I see the power of what it means to be an entrepreneur and to move through the world as a woman. And Whitney is so open about her own personal journey, her own mental health journey. And I honor her for the work that she does and the transparency. Last year, she launched her brand, Get Super, which is her own brand. It's an instant coffee brand fused with hemp. It's so good. Seriously, get it. Get Super, G-E-T-S-U-P-R. You've got to get this coffee. It's delicious. There's also one without hemp if you're not about that, but be about it because it it basically is coffee that helps you not be so up. It's like relaxing, but you still get the benefits of coffee. She really has stepped into this as a product-based venture and it's continued to teach her how to juggle multiple businesses. So it's very inspiring to see her run an agency and also now launch her own product brand. Go with. Today's episode is about entrepreneurs embodying abundance. We talk about shifting from scarcity to abundance, feeling worthy to receive, resting as a way to create, especially if you're the leader and visionary of your company, and feeling safe enough to ask for support. 
This conversation expanded me tenfold, and I pray it expands you as well. Enjoy this at the table with my girls, Scout and Wit. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. All right, here we are, second at the table with two of the powerhouses that I know in my life. I'm so excited today. This at the table is about entrepreneurs embodying abundance. I always whisper abundance like that. I don't know, it's for effect or something. (laughs) I'm so excited to welcome two of my best friends forever, entrepreneurs, women that I aspire to be and be like, and who have inspired me and seen me on my journey as an entrepreneur, especially given that this is year one for me of being an entrepreneur. So welcome, Scout Sobel and Whitney Eckes. Hello, beautiful. Hello, beautiful. Also, talking about abundance and entrepreneurship, first year, you fucking nailed it. You you kicked (laughs) it out of the park. I mean, geez. Seriously. I I don't know how it happened, but... It's been such an honor to witness both of your journeys this year and your success. And it's inspired me. And I like to say we, us three, it's like a vortex of abundance. We just, one thing happens to one of us. And then the next week it's like, yo, this just happened. Look, look, look. So we, we are very divinely connected and it's such an honor. I would love for you to just give a quick intro to everybody about who you are, what you do, how you're attempting world domination. Just kidding. We don't do that. It's feminine energy here. It's balanced. It's good. It's good. Oh no, I'm all down for world domination. <laughs> that's that's my girl. <laughs> oh, wait, real quick, before we get into introductions, I have to say that I was in our coach's event and she was talking about wealthy and abundant affirmations. And she's like, which one do you resonate with? And she gave us five. And my inkling was to type in and make my own up. And the one I made up was, I am a rich man. Yeah. Oh. It's like that. Remember that I sent you guys that image, that share quote? I'll put that yes. in the <laughs> Yeah, the quote is something like her mom told her like, marry a rich man. And she was like, but mom, I am a rich man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mic drop. Exactly. So good. Okay, She's so good. I'm... Yeah, she is badass. My name is Whitney Eckes. I am a serial entrepreneur. I founded Eckes Marketing. It's a creative communications marketing agency out of San Diego. I launched that about four years ago. And then this year, we actually launched our first product-based business called Get Super. It's an instant wellness beverage company. And yeah, that's kind of my jam is businesses and marketing and now really getting into mindset shifts and working through my own personal abundance and journey. And it's been phenomenal to know both of you. And obviously, Lauren, I told you, you're actually both of your guys' podcasts, but Lauren's voice just has like this like rich energy to it where you just sit back and like let her like just pour into your soul. It's nice. It's relaxing. So I'm very honored to be on here and to be chatting with you today. Thank you. And I'm wearing the Get Super Red. No accident. Yeah, man. <laughs> I need to start coordinating my podcast with my Get Super merch. <laughs> we, we love that red. We we, we love that red. <laughs> it's bold, baby. Yeah, right. Okay. Hello. I am Scout Sobel. I am the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, which is a female-focused PR agency specializing in getting women as guests on podcasts. I'm also the best-selling author of The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is the emotional guidebooks entrepreneurship. And I am the host of The Emotional Entrepreneur podcast and the co-host of OKSIS podcast. So I basically just live within the podcast, women supporting women and providing platforms for women to tell their stories landscape. Yeah. So they don't do much. No, No, nothing at all. They walk in abundance. They, They embody it. They walk in it. Both of these women navigate... Again, what we talk about here all the time, which is we're still navigating the lie that is scarcity. And so it's a constant 
walk back to abundance. And we've all helped each other so much do that in different situations. So mm. it's an honor to have you here. And I'm so grateful to you for making the time because you're both very busy, powerful women. To get started, because we're at the table, remember? So it's like house of low at the table. We're having dinner. We're maybe having drinks, although we're all trying to drink less. And <laughs> you know me, I love to ask questions. I just love to, I'm like a question box. And I got some rapid fires for you both. And I'm real excited for these. So I'm going to get started if we're good to get started. I'm ready. Here this is fun. Okay. It's like an icebreaker. Yes, exactly. Icebreaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. The first one is, and you guys, whoever feels like starting first, whatever works. Give me one word that describes you and your essence. I, Scout, you, oh you can pick this off. I want to say two words, which is the word right. hard and the word warrior. But I feel as if that's my internal relationship with myself. And then my external relationship with those around me is a lot more soft and supportive, I think. Yes. This is like a really good question for me. I would have to say like my essence, it has to be freedom. I feel like that's what I strive for. I feel like that's what I thrive in. I feel like that is my lifelong goal is to have freedom in different aspects. I mean, it's like a part of who I am, but it's also what I'm what I'm looking for most in life is to have that ability to feel free. I think that's where I'm leaning into. But that was a very good thought-provoking question. I'm going to think about that for all of 2022. It's a tricky one because I think <laughs> our identity changes so much and we're all three of us have gone through so much self-development and we continue to. So, but I would agree with those. I feel like Whitney also wild came up to me, not wild in the traditional sense that you think of, you know, like the girl on the bar dancing, not like that wild, <laughs> more, more like a, you're like very spontaneous and adventurous and it, like in the sense of freedom, it feels that there's an uncagedness about you. Oh, hell yeah. I, you know, I kind of love that because I feel like I've been exploring that more. And I feel like that goes your like sense of wild, like the animalistic side of you is like a lot about like, you know, you were talking about the other day, like desire versus like wanting. And I feel like the more you explore the deeper desires of like your heart, you kind of feel into like that, like you said, like that natural, like raw side. I could see that. I could totally see the wild side. I think I'm, ex I'm learning what it is. Yeah. I feel like this year, a big shift into that. And I think the universe is asking you to embody more of your wild side. So that just came through Scout to you. So excited. Oh, wow. We're channeling that. <laughs> Hell yeah, guys. We're jumping right in. You know how to love it. All the way to the spiritual side. We don't bullshit that. No, um, I love it. Okay, next question. What's your mantra for life? My mantra last year, I feel like I go through different ones. Yeah. My mantra last year was I am safe in my emotions, but my mantra moving into the next year is I am proud of myself. Oh, hell um, yeah. So beautiful. I love that. I don't really think I had a solid mantra for 2021 this year though. Actually, Lauren, you helped me create this mantra is I am a abundant, successful entrepreneur. Oh, yes. Like drop. Thank you. Every day, <laughs> every day, five times a day, I'd like you to say that. Just five. It's fine. Just five. You can be talking to yourself. You're like, what's she saying? You're saying well, and I feel like I need to explain that too. Because like my confidence as an entrepreneur has been so ungrounded. Like there hasn't been a solid foundation. So that's, that's what we're working on. We're working on the confidence and the assurance within myself and what we're walking through. I don't know if I'm supposed to elaborate on these rapid fire questions, but <laughs> let, me, let me go really, yeah. really fast. Here's the answer and let me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, here we go. Next one. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous? <gasps> I knew you'd love this. Gorgeous? Shit, I haven't heard that word in a long time. Well, you are. That's. How did you come up with these questions? <laughs> I love, like, I, like, I love these. I know, seriously, they're great. Um, trying clothes on for fun, putting together different outfits that are fancy. So wearing fancy clothing, I'll put on a dress and heels, and that's when I feel gorgeous. I love your outfits; they're so beautiful. I love that. I feel like mine is kind of the luxurious side of like self care. 
Like I love going into like a spa or going and like getting an actual like treatment. And I, mm-hmm. I think too, like I'm also learning to really enjoy the way I spend money, like on myself and like, almost like, like I deserve this, like nails, hair, if I want a facial, if I want cupping, if I want, you know, like a Reiki session or energy healing or anything like that, I feel like I'm honoring and taking care of myself. And I feel like very like confident and good. Like, I'm like, this is nice. Me too. I, it always makes me feel so abundant to yeah. invest in myself. Also like shopping. Like I really like trying stuff on too. <laughs> We're here to enjoy beautiful things. Hello, abundance. Okay. Yeah. This one kind of ties in. What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? I guess we're talking about abundance. So I'll say the number. I said yes to a project that the scope would be $21,000. And the deposit was 10K. Mm. And I felt into my body if this project was something I wanted to do. And that's the only call that I answered. And I put the credit card in and I dropped 10K. Congratulations. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we are looking at some really fun pop-ups and traveling experiences for Get Super. Shit, I have to get back to you on that. <laughs> well, we just need to have a whole conversation around it because there's a lot going on too, like climate-wise and with events right now. But I mean, just from this year and kind of the how hard we worked as a team and what I got to pay myself, I was kind of able to reinvest some of that back in to Get Super, which is nice because we are still growing. And now we're looking at reordering and reproduction and all this reproduction. Well, another round of production and like all of these different things. So that felt really good. It feels really good. Like again, talking about the freedom and having the ability to invest in these things and not feel in a scarce mindset, but more so in a like, I'm going to do this because I feel in a good place. And I feel like it's going to only open me up to more abundance or opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Believing in something so much that you feel comfortable enough to reinvest in it. That is abundance. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, I love that. Okay. What is something that can always be found on your table? Could be any table in your house. My Pilot G2 0.38 pen. The only pen I use. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the specific. 0.83. I'm going to go buy some. If you, oh, can you link that? <laughs> or a 0.7. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. So point three is where it's at. I'm really uh, passionate about that. So I have that. I have chapstick and I have a cup of water. Scout, can you tell everyone though about your handwriting? Because there's a whole story behind Scout's actual font type of her handwritten notes. Oh, this is the same pen my dad buys. (laughs) Oh yeah, because he's a boss and he knows how to do life. So... I am intensely crazy about my handwriting. I'll just go on a quick tangent. When I was little, I practiced writing so that I could write in a straight line without lines. And my biggest fear is that someone picks up one of my journals and says my handwriting is ugly. And I have dreams that people compliment me on my handwriting and I wake up (laughs) happy. So this is my handwriting. I'm wow. incredible. I'm a calligraphy person. That is incredible. That's a it's, lost art. It's literally, yeah. no, it's literally yeah. a font type. Like you could yeah. buy that on Etsy yeah. and download it onto your computer. Yeah, 0.38. Oh, I, I just learned a fun fact about you. You see why I love these rapid fires? It's <laughs> great. <laughs> oh my God, that is incredible, baby. <laughs> and the specificity it. of it lights up my entire being. So <laughs> <laughs> let's see. What would you find of my table? As I look around my house right now, I should probably say a candle. I don't know why I'm always like very been attracted to fire. I don't know if that's like a well, you good thing, fire. like a pyro, yeah. but yes, I would have to say like a candle, but more recently I've been kind of doing this thing and I don't love like clutter, but I love being able to like see things yeah. or like see things that remind me of like little products or little reminders or like Palo Santo or like I have like this little like Chanel, like hand lotion and like lip balm. And like, I'll put them out like on my nightstand and it just is, has a little like luxurious feel, but it also is kind of like a little bit of like that reminder, like what we talk about of like, you can afford beautiful things. You can enjoy luxury. 
I'm like looking around my house right now. And I feel like I, I have all these little small things yeah. on each one of my tables and whether it's like decor mm-hmm. or it's just like a little candle or something nice. I love that. Mm-hmm. Love that little reminders around. This mm-hmm. is what abundance is about. So, okay. Last rapid fire. What nourishment brings you the most joy? Any way you nourish yourself? For me, it's probably my journal practice every single morning. It's my non-negotiable over movement, meditation, everything, every single morning. The very first thing, literally, I grab my cup of coffee, I sit down, maybe I have one or two sips, and I just free write for about 20 to 30 minutes. And Mm -hmm. in doing that every day, actually this morning, I was thinking about it, people who don't do that, it confuses me because I have such concentrated, no distraction, really potent quality time with myself. And since my mind is waking up, I'm accessing all sorts of parts of my subconscious as well. So that's probably the one practice that nourishes me and fills me up and brings me joy because it's time with myself, but it's also time where I get to work out things in my mind Mm -hmm. and where a lot of magic comes through. I've sat down for journal sessions and with no agenda, no theme, anything. And then all of a sudden my six month plan comes out or, you know, breakthrough in a relationship comes through. So that's definitely my one always non-negotiable with the Pilot G2 0.38 pen. Yeah, that's so magical and powerful. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing that for a long time. And Yeah, I have journals dating back to 14 years old. I have one journal a year Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And there was a couple of years where I stopped writing to focus on my healing because it became too dark of a place in that journal. But I have maybe 10 journals from over the years that I get to go back and look at. So amazing. Wow. My first thought was, I don't know. I feel like it might be like two parts. Like I love a good bath. There's something about, I'm kind of like heat. Like I need lots and lots of heat. Like I'm like a lizard. So sitting down and like the bath and like also being kind of like an intro extrovert, like I get to close out the dogs and Spencer and I'll turn on like meditation music and just vibe in the water. I can walk out of a bath and be like, I have a whole new life. Also too, I would have to agree with Scout. Like I feel like my morning practice, I don't journal every single day, but I do try to do like one of the three, whether it's pulling cards, it's meditating, it's journaling, even if it's just sitting like in silence in the morning. Scout, you said something and I think that's super interesting. You said I'm still, I'm able to like tap into my unconscious, like, cause you had just like woken up. I feel like that's such a real thing because there's something about the mornings and maybe you are coming out of like the state of sleep where you're so, you're almost like sensitive. Like you're sensitive to like everything and you're able to tap into more of those deeper feels or different emotions or just different perspectives or whatever you're kind of thinking about. Yeah, you can channel in that awakening, like right as the brain turns on. I have just ferociously written and all of a sudden, like my whole book launch was literally to the T every single month, every single phase, everything to the T was just started pouring out of me one morning. There's just something about that moment, right? When you're waking up, if you can direct your energy, it's pretty magical. Thank you for answering the rapid fires. I hope everybody now knows how amazing you both are (laughs) and learned a few rituals or something. I don't know. I think I'm fascinated by women and how women move through life and move through their day. And that was my goal is to really lift the curtain up a little bit into who you are and and what you enjoy. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about today, I mean, this is about entrepreneurs embodying abundance and While I will always speak about the challenges of corporate America with scarcity, sometimes I look at entrepreneurs and the startup culture and the founder culture, and I think, I think this might be more scarce than anything because of the investing cycle and the venture capital bullshit. And, you know, I'll never work with venture capitalists. So I'm glad I got that. (laughs) Yeah. So I can call that bullshit because I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and you guys know, like I preach abundance and I will talk about it with everybody. And I really like when people do challenge me, you know, because it helps me to continue to walk in this purpose and to really break it down for people, right? But I think all three of us have, we've talked about it so much, you know, personally, professionally, but I really wanted to shine a light on what it's like to embody abundance as an entrepreneur and as a woman 
And so, you know, my first question that I want to put out to you both is looking back and, and looking on your journey thus far and where you find yourself now, how have you shifted from scarcity to abundance consciousness in your business? And how do you continue to cultivate the embodiment of it? Because it's a continual process. We always talk about that. So I would love to hear your perspective at this point. There's so much going through my mind. I literally was talking to my assistant yesterday. We were setting up my office and she's really ingrained in my day-to-day and the opportunities that come through and all of the things. She sees most closely how my mind works in business because I'm making decisions in front of her essentially. I had this realization that everything I have today in my business, this absolutely gorgeous office that I just signed a lease on, we're full for January and now we're booking out into February. I'm being asked by my female idols and role models to be a guest on their podcast. Everything that's happened is because I put money down. It's because Mm -hmm. I invested. I was telling this to Danielle. I said, you know, I believe that where we were at right now, we would not be at by doubling our revenue for Q4, opening an office, all these things. If I had not stretched myself and invested in a launch party for my book at the Santa Monica proper, at the most luxurious hotel you could find, I said, anyone else could have looked at that and said, you should only spend $4,000 on a launch party. I said, I'm going to spend 15 and I'm going to go big and I'm going to have it be the backdrop I want. And I believe that where I'm at today is because I took the risk and I took on the fear and I met scarcity in the eye. Lauren and Whitney were there when I really, really, after investing, didn't know if I was going to come out the other end. I think that you move through scarcity into abundance when you get uncomfortable and take risk and have to meet scarcity in the eye and overcome him or her, whichever you want to gender it. I think when you come out the other end of scarcity and find abundance, it's like this evidence muscle in your mind that that exists and is there for you. I, of course, will be in positions again where I will financially stretch myself and invest once again. I'm doing it right now. But it feels like a muscle because I woke up and I, my business is better than I ever expected it to be. And I'm decorating this gorgeous apartment and office and buying the exact furniture I want. And I realized that it's not because I necessarily worked hard, but it's because I was willing to invest in myself and my dreams and trust that when you financially expand yourself, abundance comes in. And so after I went through that intense experience of almost maxing out my credit card and investing in myself, you guys had to support me and came out the other end, I logged that in my mind as evidence that when I leap and when I trust, so much comes back to me and that there is no room in my expansion to be cheap or find sales or to do things in a way that doesn't match up with my true desires. I feel like abundance, when you're in an abundance mindset, you make the connection and deeply understand that If you go after what you desire without compromising on anything, your desires come to you in tenfold. Mic drop. I feel, and especially right now, I feel the coming back to this abundance mindset. And I feel like for me, an abundance mindset has never come easy. It's never come to faith and trust has never just been something... I've been able to do easily or like flow into. So with these businesses and things like that, there's always been this theme of working to the bone and allotting so much time and giving so much because that's what mom and dad did or that's what the generation before us did. That's what we've seen and been ingrained into us. So for me, it's been a little bit of a dance to tap into it. I would have to say that, like, honestly, in my agency, I didn't start seeing a huge shift, whether it was financial support, team members, anything like that, until I really did kind of almost like release it. And I think, too, when we release it, not only do we release something like inside of us, but I think we also release this mindset to like those around us. Our team, our clients, 
who are surrounding us, they can feel this. They can feel this energy of overworking or not believing or feeling scarce. And not only can they feel that and they're either repelled by it, but it also calls in this really different, calls in people with similar energy. And I think that was my biggest learning with clients and with team members is that in the beginning, I was walking through such a dark place. I was calling in all this really weird energy and people were attracted to it because they either shared the same thing as me or it was familiar. It was like this weird, I can't explain it, but the shift for me of trusting honestly was not just kind of like closing my eyes and blindly accepting any opportunity that fell into my lap. It was more so of just doing what I enjoyed and doing what felt easy and what came easy. And it was almost like playing. I relate this back to like a creative mindset because sometimes like, you know, like we're in this creative industry, all of us, but when we're not creative, when we're stressed, when something's going wrong, when we're burnt out, when we're walking through all these things, there's something in us that doesn't naturally tap into this creative side, or we're not able to have fun. We're not able to think the same way. And so it's kind of the same thing with this abundance mindset. It's like, if we're constantly in this scarcity stressed mode, there's no way for us to ever even look at something different or to release or to open ourselves up to a whole new perspective. And I think too, when we think about money, money shares that same energy, right? Like if we're constantly worried about money being gone and money running out, why would we invest in ourselves? Like, why would we invest in like these dreams or anything like that? It's a dance, right? Because we're all entrepreneurs here. We have great months. We have slow months. We have team members that we hire. We have team members that we fire. Like it's this constant dance. And so I think coming back to these like small celebrations or even scout, like how you are just recalling like these memories that are so rich of like, I did that and look what happened. I kind of feel the same way. I look at get super and I was like, I'm fucking broke. Like I can't buy a company right now. You know, not only that, but even the experience of us like walking through and paying all this money and doing a launch party and paying an ad agency and being like, hope this works. Like hope this all pays off. And I mean, it's, it's been such a surprise in its own success that I think too, it's like one of those things, like when you let go and you follow in faith or you release the scarcity mindset that's just holding you back, so many things are going to shift. So many new things will flow in. It's kind of like unblocking the dam. And what you said, faith, because I think the real key is faith. The Mm -hmm. difference between abundance and scarcity is faith. It really is. Yeah. There are so many moves we make that are not logical. If we move through life logically, where the hell would we all, all three of us be at? Come on. No, that's what scarcity is rooted in. But everybody, and I get passionate about this, but the people that are bought into scarcity, they think they're being creative. They think they're being innovators when really they're not. They're bought into logic as the only way, as if there aren't miracles every single day, as if things synchronistically happen in ways that we could never fathom because our mind is limited sometimes. We're limitless, but we have an ego that sometimes limits us, right? So I just love that you said faith because that is the real answer. And a lot of people don't want to hear that because that puts personal, (laughs) personal responsibility on us, accountability on us to have faith in something that's bigger than us and to tap in. I keep saying tap in to this abundant, limitless universe or don't, but you're missing out, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, also, I mean, if someone's listening to this and they're like, whoa, faith is too much. I need a little bit of rationality. If you think about the money story that you were given or that we've been passed down from generation to generation, the idea that you know you have to save or you have to be frugal, whatever your money story is, mm-hmm. those were at one point created by a person that then became a collective belief and idea. So those things are not real truth. Those things are man-made, women-made, societally made. So if yeah. those money stories that you were grown up with and you think are the Bibles, you know, when it comes to money and finances and how to run your business, understand that those were man created. And if they're man created, that means you can create your own idea of how to spend your money, have a relationship with your money, invest in your money, how you view it, the whole thing. And that was really eye-opening for me because I just kept 
getting ingrained in my dad's philosophy of money because I felt as if it was God's word. That's that. That's it. Right. Right. And I recognize that someone created that idea, that belief, that philosophy. And if it's man created, it can be changed. Yeah. And that leads me into the next piece of this, which we talked about on your podcast a little bit, Scout, which is rooted in feminine energy. But my question for you both is, did you always feel worthy to receive? And how is your relationship to receiving shifting now as you have embodied more abundance? And how is your relationship with surrendering and sitting back in your business a little bit? What does that feel like and look like to you? And I would love for you to talk through like some of the results you've seen from doing that sometimes. Because a lot of entrepreneurs are bought into the toxic work cycle, more hours in, more money in. And it's we know that's not it. That's just not how it works. Yeah. So. yeah. I think a lot of my problem with being able to receive is my relationship with myself. I think there was a lot of negative mindsets around how I thought of myself, how I viewed myself, how I saw myself in business. I mean, they were not kind things, but I also feel like if we're not honoring our own relationship, again, like anything that is inside of us is a pure reflection out to like either others see in us or how we're affecting other people or how we make other people feel. And for me, it was a lot of getting right with my own self and how I viewed myself and how I chose to love myself and really working through this deserving factor. Do I deserve this? Am I worthy of this? Have I worked hard enough to earn this? Mm -hmm. That was and still continues to be as I work on this confidence and being an entrepreneur. That's something that I feel like we don't understand how our own personal energy can affect what we do in business. And business is so relationship-based. It is so... you know, Scout talks about it being emotional and being an entrepreneur and all the things that go into it. And we don't realize how we sit and especially as leaders, how we carry a team and how that honestly it affects them. Because if I'm not able to receive abundance for myself, how is my company and therefore my team and therefore everything underneath the top of the pyramid going to be supported or receive? So I would say for me, like when I was able to actually start truly walking through like my self-love journey and like understanding that like I am deserving of this, I am worthy of this it changed the way that I allowed for money to come in. And it changed in a couple tangible ways. Number one, you call in more money, whether you're talking about your price points, even how you pay your team or what you deserve to be paid. If you're in your career, you call this in naturally. And it's not so much of a conversation. It's more of like a Mm non-negotiable. And people can also feel that confidence when you're in that place. But I also feel like two opportunities, right? Like people want to work with and vibe with people where they feel that positive energy, yeah. whether or not like that you have 27 years of business experience or you have one, like people want to work with people that not only make them feel good, but that they feel like there's an attraction to, and they feel like they can bring them around their team, their business, their brand, they can incorporate them more. So there's this positive shift too, where you're not only like, being yourself and you're chilling out and you're sitting back in your business, but people are naturally gravitating toward you because it's like, why would I not want to work with Whitney? She's a badass. Like she's confident. She makes a a ton of money. Of course I want her a part of my team. I want her to work for my brand. That's the more tangible shift of like what happens when I, at least from my perspective of what I've seen versus why would anyone want to work with me? I'm too young. I don't have enough experience. I haven't signed X, Y, and Z brands. Right. Never started a product-based business. Don't know how to even talk to a venture capitalist. All of that doesn't attract anyone or anything to me. And you become magnetic to these things. It's like a magnet, you know, feminine energy and feeling worthy to receive and calibrating, like you said, your energy personally. All of a sudden you're like, how are these things coming in? But it's because your energy is magnetic to the things and the opportunities and people you're a match to, which is... Absolutely. You know, Scout, would love to hear your, your take. You know, I actually feel as if the conversation around worthiness around me personally has happened this year. 
because I believe that my business is worthy of a seven figure revenue in 2022. But how much cash do I feel worthy taking home? Mm -hmm. I know that I have employees. I mean, it's obvious I'm the owner. I make more than my team does. And sometimes I feel badly about that. And that's something that I'm trying to come to terms with. Why after I hit a certain revenue and then salary for myself, did all of a sudden I start thinking, not why do I deserve this, but getting into that conversation around, well, other people don't have as much as I do. And who am I to have all this money when before I hit that threshold and before I had a full team, I actually never really doubted that in myself because with more money comes, in my opinion, more ability to support other female businesses. So when I save up to buy an X million dollar home, the stuff that I'm filling that home with is going to directly come from in my, you know, women-owned businesses and supporting them. So in at the same token, me making less does not drive the business forward because I'll get stagnant at a certain salary and I won't care about growth and that won't serve other women. It won't serve my team. It won't give more jobs to other women at a place that is supportive, that prioritizes mental health, that has a beautiful community behind it. But it is interesting that once I got a full team, you know, I have four full-time team members underneath me. Once I got those teams and we started talking salaries and raises, I suddenly felt guilty. Yeah. I suddenly felt guilty. Yeah. That's that's such a good point you're you're bringing up. I mean, I think that it kind of comes back to being that we are women, we're nurturing and we don't want to be cutthroat with other people. Like we really care. And you, you know, you speak about emotions and all that, and you can feel like you're empathic, you're intuitive. You can feel their emotions and your team, and you can sense the second they're stressed and, and they can sense when you maybe are. And I think that women are creating a new paradigm. And again, we're trailblazing this. There's no model. There's no framework for how to build a business as a woman from an abundance mindset and expand a team and still grow and be incredibly successful. You know, we're building it day in, day out. But that really actually connects deeply to my next question to you both, because you both have grown and built very big teams that you've sustained and that you've you've worked with and you've cultivated a lot of different people on your team. You've had people come in, people come out, but I really admire that part of what you both have done. And I would love to hear because one of the things I believe with abundance is feeling safe enough to receive and feeling safe enough to ask for support. And I think building a team, you both have been very bullish on doing that and recognizing when you need support. So how have you cultivated feeling safe enough and trusting enough to ask for support from your team and as you've expanded your teams? So interesting, because I don't really look at it as asking for support. I feel like asking for support is something I do, I'll ask you guys for. Yeah. I think that it was, to be honest, a little bit, probably more of a masculine decision to bring on a team, Mm -hmm. a lot more of just strategic growth. Yeah. But the moment that I entered, I believe, you know, I feel like this year I went from in many ways, an entrepreneur to more of a CEO role is that in growing the business, I had to step out of the mindset that Scouts Agency is me. Yeah. Because it's not. It's not anymore. There's four or five now other women who use Scouts Agency as their home base, as their financial resources, their career resources, what they do during the day, their fulfillment, their future, all the things, the way they grow in the professional world. And so... I had to step back and look at myself as just the CEO and the account managers are the account managers. And my director of clients is the director of clients and Danielle is my assistant. And in that, I had to not jump in and do everything. So in many ways, it wasn't me calling in support. In many ways, it was an emotional game of, can I relinquish control and allow this agency to grow a life of its own that is not just me. And in that, can I allow my team members to embody their full expression within their career 
and what they want to show up to work as in with, et cetera. And that was a really big mindset shift for me. In many ways, I ask how I can support them Mm -hmm. because they support the growth of this entity that is no longer completely attached to me. I really feel like it's its own breathing, living thing that I have to tender and nurture and take care of. But I believe when you first hire someone, it's super scary. I like threw up. I almost threw up for like 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility, but as you get more team members and as people get solidified in your in the jobs, all of a sudden your business becomes more than you and you try to figure out how it can support all of the team members. I was tuning in virtually to a Create and Cultivate conference and the CEO of Lively, I believe, I hope I don't get that wrong. She said that her team, they're a sports team and a family at the same time. So they're a family with the emotional support, but they're a sports team in the way they strategically take ownership over their positions. And that really rung true to me. I feel like treating the team as both a sports team and a family. I I would have to agree with pretty much all of that. I would say one of the things that I've had to learn how to do is to let my team support themselves. And I say that very graciously because quite honestly, I'm sitting here on a podcast at 2 p.m. and my team has everything covered. Right. So it is, they're strong, incredible women. Working. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as an owner, what I've seen from my own personal experience is, is allowing myself to be too involved and to, again, making sure they are supported, making sure they are taken care of, but also to making sure that I'm able to grow and be strategic with the company and be in the place that I need to be sitting in order for the company to continue moving forward. Ultimately, for me to support my team, I need to be in a very specific strategic seat that is not in the day-to-day client work. So I feel like as you know, maybe it's someone listening that's thinking about hiring for the first time, I think it's really important to look at what you need to be doing and what your team can be doing for you in order for your team to grow and flourish. I think that's huge because I also hear... I've also heard of a lot of entrepreneurs and they're like, I live for my employees. I strive for our employees. Like, And absolutely. But I, I also think too that you're maybe not... In, benefiting your employees the right way if you're not able to live out the vision or go after the vision or continue to scale or grow. That was a big lesson. And even too, you know, I I really discovered that in 2020 and even now into this year, being super transparent with your team and being authentic about how you're doing, whether it's sharing revenue, it's sharing sales, it's sharing why a client didn't resign, it's sharing why a client did sign or a big win or a big celebration. Even if you're having like the worst day, like there's straight up days where like, I've had a panic attack and I'm like, Hey, I'm out. I'm out of office. Here's what happened. I'm not doing well today. I need a mental health day. Encourage all of you guys to take one later this week or X, Y, and Z, whatever you need to do. But Showing that transparency, I feel like also builds trust. Like I feel like my team never has to wonder what I'm feeling or what I'm what we're walking through. They'll know. And they'll now at this point, I feel like it's just body language, even though everything's over Zoom, like they just know. And it humanizes you as the leader and they respect you more in the long run and they feel safe enough to ask for that support when they need it. And also normalize mental health days. Like, can we just get to that place? Anyway, thank you both. That was, you know, when you grow a team and you're you're sitting in it and you're living and breathing it, it there's a lot of moving pieces to it. So, but I, I do admire so much how you've embodied abundance amidst a growing team and amidst all that comes with that. And mm-hmm. so it's just something I, I wanted to really highlight. Can yeah. I say one tip real quick? If you're thinking of hiring a team and the way that I believe abundance comes when you have a team is as Whitney said, to focus on the business and the strategy, et cetera, so that you can drive the ship forward. But a tactical way that I had to do that was if something came up, I would ask myself, is this task only able to get done by me? Mm. And if it's able to get done by somebody else, that means that sure, if I have time, I can do it. But that's probably not moving the ship towards abundance. No. Anything that only I can do, only the CEO can do, 
is where I need to be spending the bulk of my energy because those are high level situations that are going to cultivate abundance. Sure. Pro tip. I love that. Let's talk about a big controversial topic as an entrepreneur. Rest. Oh, that's not that thing. Like eight hours, whatever, sleep, whatever. Nine hours, Uh, please. I I agree. I'm I'm a nine. I'm a nine hour sleep person. As the leader and visionary, do you see rest as an essential part of your business growth and evolution? Yeah. You rest. I want to hear. Yeah. Most of the times when we have conversations around entrepreneurship, we talk about or business or career, whatever, even if you're not an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and you're climbing the ladder in your position yeah. in your business, we talk about how to optimize the nine to five, how to be more productive, how to cut the fat, how to you know, be less anxious at work, et cetera. But I believe that who you are from nine to five is because of who you are from five to nine. Whatever I do in that five to nine, it has to support my nine to five. It just has to. So In that, I'm very, very candid and have spoken about it many times that just because you are not working does not mean you are resting. Mm. You could be scrolling on Instagram, which just totally fucks your mind into overdrive. You could be hanging out with toxic people. You could be getting blocked out on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You could be Mm -hmm. engaging in behaviors that actually do not support your dreams and your careers. And so I actually don't think... And this might be a controversial statement. I actually don't think that working a nine to five is that overstimulating and that stressful if your five to nine is utilized properly. I think that we actually get stressed and are out of alignment because we don't know how to fill up our cup in a way that's not just grabbing for the burrito or doing Mm -hmm. the quick fix. We don't spend time to meditate, to read, to connect with our loved ones, to go for a walk, to put our phone away. And so I think that this conversation around burnout, yes, does have to do with the way we work. But I also believe that a large part of what tips us off the scale is our habits that we have and implement outside of work. So for me, my five to nine, I'm pretty strict on. Does that mean I don't enjoy myself and binge Netflix and go out for drinks one night? No, of course not. But For the most part, I implement things like cooking, putting my phone away and cooking with my two hands, listening to a spiritual podcast when I do my skincare and taking my time, taking baths, reading, phone away, walks with my husband, making tea. These are things that fill me up. And if we're not taking our off time and our rest time as seriously as we are nine to five, it's that's what burnout happens. And it's a non-negotiable that I sleep at least eight and a half hours. Like Let's be real for two seconds. I launched a book and scaled my agency in like crazy ways, hired all these people, whatever, all these things. I still got eight and a half hours of sleep. Like (laughs) you're not sleeping. Like, I'm sorry, you're not working the way you should. And you're not prioritizing the thing that you should be prioritizing. So take some inventory on how you're spending your free time for sure. Mm -hmm. Scouts Mm -hmm. rituals are life. They really are. Seriously, they seriously are. For me, I feel like mine is a lot of getting myself out of the business. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I get Echo Scout on all those things. I think... Let me back up. I feel like I have two. Number one, my first one is getting yourself out of the business. I think clearing mindsets, pulling yourself off. Again, we're all in a very social media driven age and industry. But pulling yourself completely out, meaning no emails, no calls, no texts, almost trying to completely disconnect from the business, honestly opens you up to so much. Yeah. And I think too, I, I, I guess I maybe am pairing that a little bit more to like vacation time or like maybe a little bit extended time or even like your weekends. Like there are seasons of busyness in your life, but yeah. there should not be months of you working weekends or like there should not be months of you not taking time off. And I'm a huge believer in that. Second, I would say mine is very much so boundaries and really protecting my own energy. Like for example, you know, I've been walking through a lot of like reevaluating my relationships this year and reevaluating how much time I spend on other people. Whether it's events or whether it's support or whether it's just going out on weeknights versus trying to just stay in and honor my own downtime and even weekends. 
going to kind of these meaningless things that people are asking you to show up to or just being super clear in your boundaries of like, hey, if you call me at 8 a.m., I'm not going to answer. Like, (laughs) love you so much, but I don't take that. And then I also have team calls like from 10 till 12. So like, you can shoot me a text, you can shoot me a voice note, but like, do not call me in this times. And just again, like I've had to really walk through my relationships this year because it doesn't always make people tickled when you set a boundary, but it sets up my time and it sets up my life to be able to make sure that I'm well taken care of and to prioritize like myself. And I think that there's a lot of people that energetically feed off other people. And so being very clear, like, and that like, I have to have time to recharge, I have to have time to fill up my own cup before I go and connect with you or before I go and be present with you or be able to spend time with you in a way where I'm not distracted, or I'm not there because I'm energetically I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. Couldn't agree more Uh, with that. Yeah, I would say those are my two. And I think being an entrepreneur and being a, a visionary and leader presence is really required. And a lot of entrepreneurs are very burnt out and they're not present in the moment because of what you both highlighted. You know, the rituals, the routines aren't there. The habits are are harsh on the body, mind, and soul. And they're not having setting boundaries with other people. So I do want to add that I always like to say this. I forgot to preface. If you are a mom... It's a little bit different, obviously. Oh, a thousand percent. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different game, but yeah. So I just always like to make sure that the moms out there aren't feeling terrible about not getting sleep because you got babies, you know? We bow to them. I I mean, one day we will be them and we'll we'll have to navigate that world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I'm not even a mom. I can't even catch seven hours. So I love you guys. I'm living vicariously through you. We'll get there one day. Okay, last question. What is one ritual that you would offer to women listening to embody more abundance in their business or their career? Pray. Yeah. I would develop a prayer practice. I think that when you do, it's an instant calming of the nervous system where you feel supported and held. Yeah. And it allows you to feel supported and held as you take those quote unquote, bigger, scarier leaps of faith within your business. I love that. Yeah. Two things. I think the one thing that really helped me to embody my abundance is taking time to visualize it and feel it. And like, what does it look like? And then the other thing too, I would say is write a letter of celebration to yourself, like once a month. I love like. Write something that went well for you. Write something that you're proud of, that you walked through. Write something as a reminder. I think a lot of times too, we forget to celebrate everything that we're doing. And again, when you're constantly looking to other people or you're constantly being bombarded with what others are doing or just what's going on in your own business or your own life, I think it's really hard to celebrate what you've walked through or any accomplishments or a good day or anything like that. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you both for being here and for spending this time and pulling up the curtain for all these amazing women that are listening to see into your life and how you navigate being an entrepreneur. And I just want to say publicly that you're both gifts to this world and that you are trailblazing and creating lives and businesses that are rooted in abundance and rooted in just more balance of the feminine and masculine. And I honor you both for that because you walk the walk. You really do. And you continue to do so much work on yourselves in your own personal journey. And the vulnerability and transparency you have with everyone is really inspiring. And I think you inspire people that don't even come forward and tell you that. So you've certainly inspired me and I'm so grateful this conversation is going to be out there for other people to listen to. So thank you. The biggest gift of 2021 was the three of us, this trifecta right. right here. Right. For sure. Like it's not an accident that we all feel like ascended and expanded. Nope. At the, like literally no- within the same month and a half, two months, we all just shot up together. And I think it's because we were in each other's energies and consecutive way for so long this year. I agree. I love you.
Okay. Let people know where they can connect with you or something you want to highlight, anything, you know, call to action. We are business owners. <laughs> Sign up for get super subscriptions. Yes. I saw that drop yesterday and I was pumped. <laughs> Hey, do you have like a corporate option with me? Because I'm going to need a lot. Like, corporate wellness. Corporate wellness. We have a wholesale option. Um, we use some like, wholesale pricing. What's Get Super's handle, babe? Yeah. So it's Get Super. It's G-E-T-S-U-P-R. It's spelled without an E. And then you can follow along my personal journey at Whitney Eckes. You can follow along my podcast at Under the Influence. And then you can check out Eckes Marketing and all the fun stuff we're doing at just Eckes Marketing. Yay. And you can follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. There you can find links to Scout's agency, to both my podcasts, and you can buy my book on Amazon, The Emotional Entrepreneur. Oh, I love you both. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, low.